Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. It says, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus. Now, I don't know. The Bible does not give us the details, but somehow Onesimus journeyed to Rome. He was in Colossae, the city. And by the way, the book of Philemon should always be studied with the book of Colossians because the, it's the same town, the same area, the same region. And we believe that, that, that Onesimus escaped and he ran to Rome because Rome was a place of refuge for those who were slaves. And somehow... God led Onesimus to Paul. And Paul shared with him what he knew what best to share with him. And he said, hey, Onesimus, I want you to know that, two, that, that excuse me, in our minds it was 2,000 years ago, but in his minds perhaps maybe 60 years ago, he said, I want you to know this, that, that maybe uh, 30, 60 years ago, give or take a few years, that there was this man by the name of Jesus Christ, and he was talked about in the Old Testament. He was predicted about the Messiah. He would come, be born of a virgin. He would live a sinless life, and he would go to the cross, and there he would die for our sins and make us all free. How there be no longer male nor female, no longer Jew nor Gentile, no longer bond nor free. We're all free in Jesus. And here he says to Philemon, this man Onesimus at one time was unprofitable to you, but now he's profitable because he's a brother in Christ. Which, by the way, if you are, if you uh, lead an area in your business and you're not telling them about Jesus. Shame on you. It's time to use your leadership platform to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I'm afraid that I might lose my job. Well, listen, if you lose your job because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm just so crazy enough to believe that God's going to give you a better job and paying you better in heaven for your rewards and your labor. Onesimus heard the gospel and he got saved. Philemon, maybe he shared the gospel with them. Maybe he did not. The Bible does not say, but I believe that whatever kind of leadership platform you have, use it to share Jesus with somebody. If you cannot remember the last time you told somebody about Jesus or shared how Jesus changed your life and shared how you received the forgiveness of sins and how you're no longer in bondage to sin, if you you can't remember the last time you, you shared that news with somebody, something is wrong. Maybe you're here today and you haven't shared that message with somebody because you haven't experienced that message. And listen, today's the day of salvation. Today's the time to lift up your voice to heaven and say, God, be merciful unto me and save me. Yes, I am like the songwriter. When he said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master heard, heard my cry. And from the waters, he lifted me. Now safe am I. It was the love of Jesus Christ that reached in to your life when you were in bondage to sin, when you were smitten by sin and wickedness and, and the Bible says disobedience. And now God changed your life. And I'm thankful that I've experienced that. I look at an auditorium today of men and women 
who have experienced the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. You know, when I think about this thought, Jesus has the power to free us from the bondage of sin. Only the power of the gospel can take a man who is a slave to a man like Philemon and radically change his life and go back to Philemon's house and seek restoration and forgiveness. Only the power of the gospel can take somebody who is, who's in, in, in the, the art of slavery of every avenue, whether it's the sex trafficking or whatever kind of slavery and bondage it is, God can take somebody out of that and share the good news. So look who's writing this. Paul, at one time in his life, was throwing people in jail because they were preaching the gospel. And now guess who's sitting in jail because he was preaching the gospel? <laughs> Only God can do such a thing. And I want you to know this, that God, the same God that changed Paul's life, the same God that changed Onesimus' life, the same God that changed my life, is the same God that can change your life today. As we read these first few verses here, 8 through 11, we think about how Jesus has the power to free us from the bondage of sin. But, but I want to move forward. And I want to share with you a, a second thought today. And I know that you're probably thinking that I haven't shared the title of my sermon yet, and I haven't because I want to share it at the very end, okay? So you've got to be listening at the end to get it. The second thought is from verses 12 through 16. And I wrote down this. Jesus has the power to restore our broken relationships. Jesus has the power to restore our broken relationships. As I shared with you a moment ago, Onesimus apparently stole some money from Philemon and he runs away to Rome. And there he encounters this guy named Paul who tells him about Jesus and then he gets saved. And then Paul, in, in a manner that only God, I believe by the Spirit, gave him the wisdom to do this, God, write, God through the penman Paul, writes this letter that we're reading today. And then, you know what Paul is led to do by the Spirit of God? He says, Onesimus, I've got a job for you to do. Onesimus didn't write this letter. But you know who delivered this letter to Philemon? Onesimus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just, just imagine. Go back with me to the Roman culture. And there you're sitting in the little town Colossae. And there you are a wealthy man. You're, you have a wealthy family. You're, you're wealthy enough to have a large enough ha house to, to fit several people for a church service, and then you, you're wealthy enough to have people working underneath, underneath you and living on your property, and then you get a knock at the door one day. And the knock on the door is one of your former employees who stole money from you. And he's carrying a letter and hands you a letter. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody stole money from me, I would not want to read that letter that they gave me. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to open that door. I'd look through that, that little peephole and I'd say, who is that? And I wouldn't even answer it. But Philemon, somehow, some way, shape, or form, he opens that door and there is Onesimus. And then we read how God transformed that relationship again. You might be here today and you might think that your family is broken. 
Well, there's nothing too broken that the gospel of Jesus Christ can't fix. You might be sitting here thinking, well, you don't know, Brother Brian, about my life, how it's, it's in shambles right now. Well, listen, let me tell you something, church. God can take your broken, beaten up life and he can put it all back together. Sometimes God allows our life to hit the rock at the bottom and to shatter in pieces so he can pick it up one by one and place it all back together. And I'm glad today that Jesus, he took my life when it was broken in sin and he put it all back together and he transformed it. And listen, church, God can take your broken marriage. God can take your broken family. God can take any type of broken anything and put it all back together. Listen, the background of this letter is very simple. God took a broken relationship between Philemon and Onesimus and he put it back together. He took a master and a servant and he reconciled that relationship. And I'm thankful today that, oh, praise the Lord, I'm thinking about this right now, that the Bible talks about Jesus is our master and we are his servants and we at one time we were in disconnection with our master and God through Jesus brings us back together today look at verse 12 it says when I have sent again whom I have sent again speaking of Onesimus thou therefore receive him not that is mine own bowels whom I would have retained with me that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. God can use your chains of failure. God can use your chains of tribulation to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for his season, that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, or in other words, as your slave, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. But how much more unto me or unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? I'm thankful today that it doesn't matter how rich, it doesn't matter how poor, it doesn't matter where you're from or what your background is. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if you're from China or you're from Haiti. The Bible says that the gospel is open to you and you can have a fixed relationship between Almighty God. There is no other religion. There is no other faith-based system on this planet that offers the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, religion, I like what the late Reverend Billy Graham said. He said, religion without a personal encounter with Jesus Christ will not save the soul and will not give you the peace your soul desires for. Today, maybe you are seeking to restore those relationships that have been broken in your life. Well, first and foremost, the relationship that has to be restored every single day is your relationship with God. In fact, that is the most important relationship in your life, is with Jesus. And if that relationship is not in tune, then how do you expect to have every other relationship in tune? But hear me out today. If your relationship with God is in tune and it's in its proper state, then I believe that God is going to give you the power and the wherewithal to restore every other area of your life. Jesus has the power to free us from the bondage of sin. Jesus has the power to restore us from our broken relationships, but I also wrote down thirdly, and probably the most important aspect of this chapter in the Bible. Jesus has the power to impute our sin to his account. Jesus has the power to impute our sin to his account. The doctrine of imputation is, is, is it sounds more complicated than what it is, but may I take you back 
to the Garden of Eden. God placed man in a garden. And there he said you can eat freely of any tree except one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you know the story. The blame game happened. She blamed the serpent and he blamed her. <laughs> but they were all guilty, man. And the Bible says that when Adam sinned, we inherited his imputation of sin. Adam's nature was imputed into our nature. So we inherited a sinful nature. The Bible tells that when Jesus came, he, he died on the cross and his righteousness is imputed or placed upon all those who believe in him. And then those who have received that blessing of eternal life, their sin is taken and placed upon the account of Jesus Christ. So today, if I died right now, what a way to go, by the way, if I was preaching. But anyways, if I died right now, this moment, during this service, and I stood before God, he would not see me. He would see Jesus Christ because I received the imputation of God. He's placed on my account the blood of Jesus. And now I am only righteous through Jesus Christ. There's no good thing in me. In fact, everything that I've ever thought, said, or done, it's all evil in the eyes of God in a sense. And today, I can't do anything good that would enough restore my relationship with God. It's only through Jesus. And today, I'm thankful what, what Luther said. He said this, that great reformer of yesterday, when he posted the 95 Thesis in, 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 in 1517 and on October 31st, he said, we are all the Lord's anesthemy. He said, we're all like anesthemists to God. And notice what Paul says here in verse 17. This, this part is, 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 is so profound. It says, if thou count me, therefore, as a partner, receive him as myself. He said, if, you, if we're partners in the gospel, receive this man. What does Jesus do? Jesus, he's our go-between. He's our mediator. And there he is in between our relationship and God the Father and God the Son is there on our behalf saying, here is this guy named Brian, receive him as myself. <laughs> Verse 18 says, if, if he has wronged thee or owes thee aught, put that on my account. What did Jesus do 2,000 years ago? He said, if Brian has wronged you, God, if he's lied, if he's, if he's sinned, put that sin on my account. Verse number 19 says, I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. The Bible says that Jesus, he was placed on the cross by the hands of the Romans and the Pharisees, and there they drove into his wrist the nails and place the crown in his skull and it says albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides listen we owe Jesus our life we owe Jesus everything <laughs> I'm telling you we should be like the the apostles we should literally give God ownership of our house our car everything that we own and say God it's yours use it for however you seem fit God, you have ownership of my life. God, of my children, my grandchildren, take it and break it and multiply it and use it to further your gospel. Verse 20 says, Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. He said this. He said, Philemon, I know you are seeking to obey God in every area of your life. So here's how you need to obey him. You need to receive this guy back into your house and you need to forgive him. Of the wrongs that he's done. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to extend forgiveness to. Without anything in return. Sometimes we're so guilty. 
in the Americanized culture. We say, hey, I'm going to help you so you can, in return, help me. <laughs> I'm going to give you money so that later on you can give me money. I'm going to give you a birthday present, honey, so that you can give me a birthday present. <laughs> I'm going to give you a Chipotle gift card, hey, so you can give me a Chipotle gift card. That's how we operate, right? But here Paul says, hey, Philemon, I want you to receive him and forgive him because God has commanded you. Verse number 22 says, but with all prepare me also a lodging. For I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. So Paul is expecting to come back and visit. And then he gives his salutations from the others that were with him and serving alongside. I told you about the first character, Harriet Tubman. First one that came to my mind as I read this book. The second one is a little different. His name is John. And you might know him after the story. John was a man who was born on the seas. His father was a voyager and traveled the high seas. And John eventually got connected with another man who set sail on seas. And his, last, his name was H.M.S. Herrick. And this man, Herrick, was a man who was a man of war and a bloodshed. So John decided he was going to desert that ship, and he did and was recaptured and publicly flogged, just like Jesus in a sense, whipped and beaten, and then demoted from a midshipman to a common seaman. And finally, John decided, hey, I, I want out of this. And he requested by his own mouth to go and be exchanged into a service on a slave ship back in the 1700s. And he became the servant of a slave trader and was br brutally abused. The story says early in 1748, he was rescued by a sea captain who had known his father. And ultimately, John became a captain of a ship who also traded slaves. But that, the story doesn't end there. John was traveling on the seas and a very, very tempestuous storm came. And he cried out. And he said these words, Lord, have mercy upon us. And on May 10th, 1748, he recalls that that was the day that God delivered him from his sin. And instantly, instead of mistreating those slaves, like he was once mistreated as a slave, he began to treat those people that were on his ship like he wanted them to treat him. And the rest of his life on May 10th, 1748, he viewed that as the day that he got saved and submitted his will to the wills of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. In 1750, he married the love of his life. And between the years of 1755 and 1760, he found his place in Liverpool. And he retired from the seafaring voyages. And he got connected with a man by the name of George Whitfield. <laughs> and he, John Newton, became one of George Whitfield's most enthusiastic disciples that he's ever had. 
George Whitfield is, is, is one of the revivalist preachers of the 1700s. And then John Newton got connected with a man by the name of John Wesley. You know, the, these guys were the founders of Methodism. So if you've ever been to a Methodist church, I want you to know this, that George Whitfield and John Wesley and Charles Wesley, they were the founders of that denomination. And God had his hand on that denomination and still, in a sense, does. And, and then, then we read about his, his life, how he was self-educated. John Newton began, he studied Latin while he was on the seas, but then after he got saved and after started studying the word, he taught himself Greek and Hebrew, and then he decided he wanted to become a minister, and he, began, he became a preacher. And then he traveled and toured, and he got connected with a guy by the name of, of William Cowper, who was a poet. And once a week they met for prayer and to do one thing, to also write songs. And John Newton was the man that you know who wrote the words, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. My favorite verse of the song is this. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. I say that to say this. That if God can take somebody who grew up on the high seas, who was treated like a slave and then traded slaves and radically saved his life and called him to be a pastor and a songwriter and wrote a song, I'm telling you something, he wrote Amazing Grace, a song that has touched the lives of countless people all over the world. That is the power of the gospel. That is the power that Jesus has to take our sin, no matter how severe and wicked and vile it is, and place it on the account of Jesus Christ. So today, the title of my sermon are these three words, No Longer Slaves. Today we're no longer slaves, church. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a servant of God. My question for you in conclusion is this. Are you a slave to sin? who has not experienced the rebirth? Or are you a servant of God who has experienced the new birth? Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.